Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Tech Byte with Mark Strauss. And now, Mark Strauss. Mr. Mark Strauss, good morning, sir. Good morning, Bulldog, Big Allen, Coach. How hey. are you guys today? Ah, we're just fantastic. I'm flipping just, fantastic. Just great. Great. Well, today I am doubly fantastic. I'm in Colorado, and I'm about to go hiking. Uh-huh. So today, as soon as I'm done with you guys, the hiking boots are going on, and we're going up to one of the most beautiful places probably in Colorado today, the Maroon Bells. We got, a, um, we, we got our reservation because you can only get up there with a reservation, and I'm going to be taking some photographs with my new iPhone 13, and I have to tell you, I just took a 10K hike about a day ago with the new phone, and I took some incredible photographs, and I used the new cinematic mode. I was literally making major motion picture type of dramatic intros and exits with the new cinematic. And um, it's not 100% perfect, this new technology, but boy, is it fun. And I really enjoyed myself. So today, the show is direct and live from Colorado. And and you said Aspen, right? Is where you're located. Aspen, correct. And the pictures you sent me, I was gonna say, I was just showing these guys the pictures you sent. Wow, they're unbelievable. This is these photos are taken with an iPhone. Oh, can wow. you believe that, Coach? You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, it's, I I am I, blown away. Yeah, I I can't put. I mean, there's I can't share them with all the listeners. Well, I guess I could no. on on Facebook, but uh, to see these pictures, you yes. cannot believe that that is an actual. Photograph taken from an iPhone. They're unbelievable. Pretty. You're like a, you're like crazy. a real photographer. Why are people not upset that they're putting photographers out of business? Well, I, I listen. This is the one thing. I mean, we've talked about a lot of technology and thinking. This is our sixty third show, guys, and we've talked about all of these disruptive technologies that will literally render people's jobs obsolete. And unfortunately, that is the case. Think about this. There used to be camera stores in every city. Real camera stores where you would go and buy and develop your pictures at. And that was their mainstream industry. Who would have ever thought by the year 2021, how many camera stores are there left in America? And I can tell you, because I broke my professional camera when I was trying to get it repaired, we're down to about 10 shops across the whole country. These to be thousands. So, unfortunately, technology is disruptive, and it does change. Um, it changes professions and industry forever. But that's yep. not what we're here to discuss today. No? What are we here so, to discuss today? We're here to discuss a subject today that might not affect every listener, but boy, is this interesting because this subject today, and this is what I want everyone to think about, is actually a beautiful indication of why everything is so hard in a global world that we live in and also why we need to change our laws immediately because we're not prepared with our copyright laws and our digital rights laws, digital rights protect content and intellectual property. We're not ready yet with those laws to really be global. We really have created our laws as an old-fashioned concept of every country, and every country would have laws, and we never thought about people traveling over boundaries and countries and actually we never thought about people having subscription services that could let them seek content anywhere in the world so imagine if you were traveling and 
you were with your sweetheart and you arrive at a destination. You really want to see your favorite show. You subscribe to Netflix. You, uh, you, you get online. Everything's working out for you. You start your Netflix service, but it comes up and your favorite show is missing. Completely gone. And you see a whole new list of shows. None of the shows you were watching, but you're going to now see the list of shows that are allowed for you to watch in, for example, Europe. Now, what is interesting about this, this is digital rights management, and digital rights management has regions. And those regions were set back in the days of VHS, and, um, and then we went, of course, to D DVDs. And the reason they did these regions is they thought that they would basically sell rights to movies and to content in regions around the world, the European region, the North American region, so on and so forth. And by selling things in regions, they basically then just isolated that part of the world and said, this content can only play in that part of the world for so long. And when it's over, you can't see that content anymore in that part of the world, or you will never be able to see that content because that content wasn't paid for to be shown in that part of the world. And that is how today movies and television shows are actually sold worldwide. They're sold to different regions of the world, and people make money. But now comes along us, and now we have a digital rights subscription. And the unfair part of this is, why should your subscription not allow you to see your content if you live in the country that you have bought the content in, why can't your subscription go with you anywhere you go? Because after all, shouldn't it be based on your residence? And actually, shouldn't it be based on your preference if you're paying for the subscription? Personally, I think that is something that we now need to do. What do you guys think about that? Well, I think you just get a VPN. I've, I've run into this, like when I try to watch stuff in Europe, and they won't allow my Netflix to play there. It's, it, it's like, why not? So I yeah. knew someone was going to, and I, I knew someone was going to say VPN. <laughs> Unfortunately, everyone, that is not a solution because the VPN services now are under attack by the content services that are playing whack-a-mole with the VPN services to try to cut it out. So uh, think of it this way. If someone's in Europe and they want to see American shows, they're trying to use VPN to see American shows, and the Netflix is trying to stop that from occurring. So there is this tug of war. So VPNs work for a while, and then one night when you really want to see a show, uh, Netflix has made an update to their algorithm, and you can no longer use that VPN. Then the VPN updates their algorithm, and now you can see it for a while, and that's really not a solution. Well, it, 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 sort of, it sort of is because if somebody needs to get in front of these people and realistically tell them, listen, if you don't allow for these licenses across borders, all you're doing is encouraging piracy. Piracy will never stop as long as you let greed drive your agenda. Good point, Coach. Good point, Coach. Love what you just said. And actually, I'm a little less radical than you. But what I do think is we really have to start to rethink regions and content because I really don't believe it's fair for people to buy subscriptions in their country and not be able to take, like a little suitcase, all of the digital content with them worldwide. Do you now see, and I hope the audience sees why this really fits into the narrative of all of our shows. Because what I'm talking about is people being liberated to own their digital life. And to me, that's what we all want. And look at you guys fighting for the windmills off of your coast. Think of how you're trying democracy there, and the mayor was complaining about his three minutes of time. But he got his three minutes of time. 
And then he used other friends to come in and use democracy to try to sway or try to create a better outcome. And today in America, we need this more than ever. We need people to start to speak up, to go to their local governments and say enough and start asking and questioning governments. Why are we still using systems that are based on a system that is really 50, 60, 70 years old? And today we have completely reshaped all of our lives with digital subscriptions, with iPhones and Android phones and all of these incredible technologies. And yet we're still in the stone age that you and me can't take anything that we own any longer to another country, really proving my final point. We own nothing. And they absolutely, the corporations control everything, and they give very little back in return. What I am suggesting is that we, the people, demand that when we get a digital subscription, it's ours because it's based on the geography and where we live not based on where we go on holiday. And we should be able to own that subscription because it's ours, not theirs. And it's ours to abuse, not them to actually protect us from. And they always say they're protecting us from something. They're not. They're protecting themselves. And I think it's now time for us to protect ourselves. And we all deserve better. What do you guys think? No, it makes a lot yeah. of sense. That's good. Is I think it? that could be said. I think that closing statement could be said about a lot of things yeah. for consumers. Absolutely. So that was my tech bite today, guys. A little intense, but I actually think no, that's a good one. I was one. thinking about this. By the way, this is all my content today. This was me thinking when I was hiking yeah. about well, wow, Starlink's coming about. Yeah. I can probably retire anywhere in the world if I have power. And then I suddenly got bummed, guys, because I suddenly realized I'm in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean watching, for example, Billions, my favorite television show off of Prime right now. Right. And then some geographic boundary, it would stop working. It would literally well, stop working on my little boat, right. my Starling, and I've got everything all set up because I don't own, my, really, my subscription, do I? They own it. And I really don't have rights to anything other than what they allow me to have. And I just think... That kind of messes my retirement up. Yeah. So I've got about 10 years now to really work on this issue, guys, because I want to be able to be on a little yacht anywhere in the world and be able to watch my shows that I paid for based on the address that I live at. Well, and I hope that I can well, help make that reality. For you think, Mark, I hate to tell you this, but I'm not sure you're aware. The Rude Awakening show is only available in Maryland. The other states haven't paid for their rights to view or listen to it. Yeah, so no, no, nobody's no really going to get this message. Yeah, no one's going to hear it. But Mark, do you think there'll be a global prescription uh, subscription rate in the future? Well, that would at least be a start, wouldn't yeah. it? Because yeah. if it started with that, eventually, I believe that would accelerate and bring the goal of the cost down. Because there has to be a rethink of global digital rights. So maybe, but I would mm -hmm. prefer it be built into everyone's right that you are right to see the content based on the geographic region that you bought the subscription and you live. And if you travel and you go on holiday, you should still be able to see the shows you're paying for. In fact, you could think of it this way. Netflix, a lot of these services, if you constantly travel abroad, are actually making you pay for a service you can't really use every time you travel. I don't think that's All fair. Right. I'm with you. All right, Mark Strauss, another Tech bite number 63 you said this was? 63. All right, get on, on, on your you hike. Thank you all for and, the privilege. And, and thank you for, uh, thank for the info and the insight, and enjoy the hike. Be careful out there.
I shall. Thank you, Mark. Okay, Mark. Have fun. See ya. Thanks, buddy. Will do, guys. Thank right. you. Bye. Mark Strauss with there. That's, uh, that's good. I should be upset with him. I should be upset with him. Because Why should just, you be upset Because he just pulled the curtain back on why I'm not traveling. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's I can't the, watch my shows. It's my global rights. That's, that's a quote. He's, you're exercising. It's a protest. It's a protest. I'm standing for this. <laughs> I travel more if I can watch my shows wherever I want God, in the world. I, I, I wish that was true. I wish that were the truth. <laughs> Prove it's not. All right. Right now, joining us, we have John Polano. Good morning, John. Hey, how you doing, man? We're doing all right. How's, how's things with you? Hey, uh, you know, bright and early here in Los Angeles. Well, I didn't. I'm not the one that told you to move there. Yeah, you could have moved. You could have moved the East Coast. Coast. You've been on on our time nine nine twenty one. I'm from our there days, originally. I, I I know. I mean, our day's almost done. You could have stayed right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to start drinking now pretty soon. Are you watching what, us? Wait, what? <laughs> How did you, you must be watching? <laughs> yeah, camera us. in this place. All right, knock it off. Going on? We started freaking us out. Yeah. We started that a long time ago. All right. So you're you're just waking up. By the way, it's a beautiful day it, it, over in Los Angeles today. It. I'm only saying that because I know it always is. Yeah, pretty much. How long ago did you move there? Uh, about 20 years ago. Right. And where was the original home base? Um, Southern New Hampshire is where I grew up. Oh, okay. Right. Very nice. Right. Just not to Boston. I'm actually heading that direction uh, tomorrow. Yeah, he's Bulldog uh, from Boston. No, I'm, I'm heading to the Cape tomorrow, so I've never been there. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're going to love it, man. You're going to love it. Yeah, I know. All these years, I, I haven't been, so I'm looking forward to it. All right, uh, something else to look forward to is uh, Small Engine Repair. What What is this all about? This new uh, film, feature film, going to be... Uh, yes, sir. Oh. Yeah, we, uh, we're, you, can, you can get it um, as of uh, this Friday. Yeah. You can download it digitally. It's an independent film. stars John Bernthal, Shea Wiggum, Sierra Bravo. It's uh, really great, you know, fun, gritty, super dark super funny independent film, you know, and it's sort of breaking out now and I'm uh, just really excited to share it with everybody. It started out as a stage play and mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's a labor of love. It's a passion project that John Bernthal and I made. Um, it took about 10 years to get it done and uh, here we are and we're like, you know, really excited to share it with everybody and uh, the reactions have been fantastic. It's not like anything out there right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm just well, really excited for people to check it out. Uh, quick synopsis of this. What is it? So uh, it's about three um, buddies who've known each other since they were really little kids, and they're now in their 40s, and they're sort of bonded over the love of, of the character Frank's daughter, who they kind of all helped raise in a way. And they sort of had a little bit of a falling out in the movies about them coming back together, and you think it's sort of a hangout movie, but then it ends up having a much, much darker purpose, and it heads into a very brutal, long, dark night where they have to sort of make them very, very difficult moral decision. And I'll sort of leave it at that without spoiling yeah, anything, no, no, but no, it gets no. uh, it's really intense. Now, um, I'm curious, what you you wrote this as a for a, a play, right? Correct. And how, do, you know, when you write something for a play, do you think it's going to go to film at some point? Do you, you know, how, how, what's, the, what's the mindset when you're I writing mean, a play? Uh, you know, look, uh, again, uh, 10 years ago, I wrote it as a, as a late-night play, so it was very edgy, dark, funny, sort of inappropriate play. And, you know, John, that's how John Bernthal and I met. And he had just done season one of The Walking Dead. Um, and, you know, he's well-known, but his star hadn't really rocketed. And we always just kind of said, hey, this would be a really cool movie. And uh, just put it, sort of put it in the back pocket. <laughs> and uh, just over the years, 
as both our careers sort of took off, we started revisiting it. And then sort of the themes of the play became more and more relevant as we updated into sort of today. It just became even more of a, it just became more relevant, more powerful. So we kind of just finally said, let's just really make this happen. And then schedules kind of clicked and then, and then we shot it. And then, uh, and then COVID happened, which sort of pumped the brakes a little bit, but, uh, you know, here we are. So it was meant to be. All right. So now this is going to be available, uh, again, small engine repair. It's available. You said Friday, right? This Friday? Correct. October 1st on demand, wherever you're on demand stuff is on the internet okay I, yeah well, uh, yeah all over but it's also d- gonna do uh select theaters as well yeah it's uh, it's been running in theaters but you know uh as it is now movies have a really shorter window in theaters if they go on demand so right. uh yeah you could probably catch it at a theater but <laughs> it's definitely on demand everywhere okay. i'm not sure about where the theaters are so let's all right I, I i have the, the title of it small engine repair uh it it can you give me a hint on that, or is that uh, I don't want to give away anything? Sure, yeah, no, okay, the, okay. The 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 main guy who's sort of pulling the strings of the story, he operates a small engine repair shop where most of the movie takes place there. Just like the play took place in his shop, most of the movie takes place there. You know, like these guys who have shops like this, they're kind of they kind of live there, so it's sort of a hangout place. Okay, where, you know, so most of the movie takes place in this. Did you uh, an afternoon into the evening of this shop? Did you film this in New Hampshire? Or did you film this uh, in L.A.? A little bit of stuff was shot in New Hampshire. Most of it was shot um, in New York and uh, Yonkers and Tappan, New York. Okay, um, you know we used New York City crews sort of to double as as Manchester, and then we shot some on location in Manchester. Um, but most of it was shot in New York. All right, now you, which now you worked really well. Now you've done a lot of other stuff. Uh, like I'm reading through this list, you've done all sorts of stuff, man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks for reading the list. Uh, oh yeah. my god, yeah, man! man. I, mean, I mean, you've done a ton of things. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've been doing this for a while. You know, as a playwright for a long time, I've been an actor for a long time. But you know, about uh, seven or eight years ago, my sort of screenwriting career really took off, and that's sort of where I've been focusing and doing some really, really cool movies. Got a lot of stuff you know, in the queue that's coming up. So it's really cool. Um, obviously this movie was, was a passion project, which I directed and wrote in it. And that was sort of, I've never worked so hard on anything, Okay. but, uh, most of the stuff I do is, you know, much bigger movies that, that I've written and, you know, man, it's like in this day and age, so much of it is like under wraps, like some of the coolest stuff I'm working on. I'm not allowed to talk about yet, but, uh, yeah, I'm really, really excited. Uh, Get some really, really cool so where where do you come up with the the uh, all right look no one's listening it's just us you could tell us everything that's yeah, under wraps nobody's listening so where do you come up with the ideas and, and then take them to fruition I mean you know I mean you have a blank piece, a blank piece of paper and, and you say all right I want to do this or what what inspires you I guess to do these things well you know in the case of small engine repair it was you know, having living in the theater world and, and really having this idea, I was really in the small engine repair was inspired by, you know, having a young daughter okay. and sort of having that sort of emotion of that. And then also coming from an area where, you know, the movie really is like how guys talk when no one else is in the room, when you're not on the air, so to speak, and really examining that stuff. So that was sort of the, the inspiration for that. Uh, I think every project, it's a different thing. Sometimes it's a book. Sometimes a producer comes up to you. I mean, you know, the advantage is the longer you've been working, the more people know your voice as a writer. So my voice is pretty clear. 
sort of what what kind of stuff I do. So a lot of a lot of stuff comes to me in 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 that way, where it's like, hey, if you want to write this movie and you hire me, you kind of get an idea of what it's going to be like. Um, in terms of the characters and the story and the twists and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, man, there's nothing worse than sitting down and looking at a blank piece of paper. So, oh. you know, you really, really got to... For me, it's got to be really personal and i got to really dig deep and it's got to really mean something for me, especially if, I'm, if I ain't getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other reason. All right, well, you are getting paid, and it's out there, and, it, and you can see it. Everybody can see it. Small Engine Repair, check it out. It comes out uh, everywhere, video on demand. You watch your videos on October 1st. John, th- thank you for your time and continued success. And whenever you feel that you're able to pull those covers back and you want to release it, please feel free to come back and let everybody know what it is. Right. I would love to, guys. I'm a, I'm a big fan of where you live, and I'm, I'm really happy to meet you. Well, if you ever get back this, for, uh, if, you, if you ever come back this direction, please feel free to step in the studio anytime. Oh, man. It's a date. I'll see you. All right. All right. John Bellano, thanks, man. Take care.